Well, hey there, this is Keith. Listen, before we start the episode today, I just wanted to take a moment and speak directly to anyone who might be listening who's still in the closet. Well, the first thing I want to tell you is that's perfectly okay. Do what is best for you when it is best. Never let anyone else pressure you in this decision. But let's say that you are thinking about coming out, or there's a part of you that really does want to come out, but you want to do so very carefully, very slowly, very strategically, and even very selectively. Well, if that's you, my friend, I've got you covered. I want you to go to the show notes and use a link there to check out my Selective Outage Method digital course. I think you're going to be surprised, and I believe it'll help you as you plan your coming out. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Well, hello, my friend, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm your host, Keith Brown, and I'm so glad that you could join me for this Friday Bible Talks episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing so. Um, I really do appreciate you following this podcast. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you sharing it. If you've taken time to give this uh, a podcast an honest five-star rating, I do appreciate it so very much. We do try to put together something that's going to be helpful to you, and I and I trust that it is. And remember that on Fridays, it's just Bible Talks where I come in and I try to talk a little bit from some Bible text. And that's what I'm going to do today. And so this is a little bit more like we're used to using and used to doing on our Bible Talks Fridays episodes. Um, but today, we would normally be in the Gospel of Matthew if we were following along in the lectionary as we normally have been. But I am doing the lectionary this time, but I decided to not use the Gospel. But I was really attracted as I was reading all these this week. I was just drawn to the text in the book of Philippians. It comes from chapter four. The reading is a little bit more. It's it's verses one through nine. And basically there's this, this idea to contextually about um, perfection and the desire to be as good and, and holy and connected as God as we can and how you know we are to live that out and boldly live that out and we are to continue to encourage one another and lift one another up but in that whole section of scripture and you can go read the whole chapter at least of chapter four and maybe part of three in the book of um, book of Philippians but I really wanted to just basically look at verses four through seven of that reading and this is what really spoke to me, and and I'll tell you for good reason, and I'll share a little bit more of that as we get to it. Okay, so this is coming from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, um, a lot of the text there will say, um, do not worry, right? So contextually, Paul, uh, the historical church has accredited this text to Paul, and I'm not going to get into any debate about authorship here. At least it's accredited to Paul, even through the writing. But um, here we find that there is a, a word of encouragement to the church 
And we know that during this time, the churches were always, you know, dealing with issues and they were always suffering and people were hurting just like they are now. And in some of the translations, it says, do not worry. Uh, here it says, be anxious for nothing. It's basically the same thing. And so we can, when, when I hear that, it says, uh, do not worry. And I think, okay, cool. Not a problem, right? It's kind of like the old bumper sticker that I used to see on cars. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. So <laughs> the Bible says, don't worry. Let's pack up and go home. That's all there is to it. And I wish it was that easy. But And maybe for you it is, but for me, it's not. I can tell you that there have been many times in my life, even as a man who professes to be Christian, a man who has followed God for many years, trying to be the best that I could be, following his his leadership, following his word, and, and trying to be a loving example um, of what Christ would have me be, uh, a, certainly a misfit Christian, as I claim to be, one who has really try to love God and and be obedient as best I can to things that I have learned about God. But um, that put aside, I can say honestly that worry is something that I have dealt with throughout my life. In fact, I can remember back to when I was, um, and I'm just, I'm just going to tell you, this Friday Bible Talks is going to be a little sharing. Um, I'm, I'm starting to open up a little more and telling you guys a little bit more about me because I do want you to connect and I want to be able to make that connection with you. And, and part of that is me just being honest and sharing some of the things that I've struggled with and some of the things I still struggle with. But when it comes to worry or anxiety, um, I remember very well being at my grandparents' house one night and I was just a, a young boy. And I remembered that I woke up in the middle of the night and my parents were there. My grandparents were in their room and I woke up and I couldn't breathe. I was hyperventilating. I, I just could not get my breath. Even now I can feel myself struggling to get my deep breath, but um, it, it just, it was that real. It was, it was just a panic that came over me. And I, I tried my best to, to breathe and I, and I couldn't, I was just shallow breathing. And finally I got out of the bed and I went to my mom and dad and I woke them and I said, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And of course they freaked out. I mean, like what's, what's happening? Their little boy is coming to them and saying he can't breathe. So they got up and I could tell that I was, I was just not getting deep breaths. I was shallow breathing and they weren't sure what to do. So they called, I, I don't know who they called. I guess they called a doctor on call or something. I'm not sure. Um, but the doctor gave them the suggestion that they find a paper bag. They placed it over my face and I began to breathe into the paper bag. And then afterwards they had me do a little bit of calisthenics. So I know it seems like a kind of a weird thing to do in the middle of the night, but that's what we did. And it did work. And what became evident through that whole procedure was that I was having probably at least an anxiety attack, if not a panic attack. And truthfully, as a little boy, I'm really not even sure why. I, I know that there was something that I was worried about. There was something going on. I don't know what it was. Um, I, 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 and I'm not even trying to remember what it was, but I know that I remember that, that particular moment. And like I said, even now, it brings back this sense of anxiety when I even think about it, because it was scary for a little boy. It was this first time it ever happened, and it, and it scared me very, very badly. Um, but anyway, that happened. So I know that 
throughout my life, I have dealt with times when I have been very anxious and, and struggling. And, you know, I don't think that's really that abnormal. I think that most people do struggle time, you know, at times in their lives with anxiety and, and worry. And I think that's just part of the human experience. Now, I do realize that some people are more anxious and some are chronically anxious and some have to have medical intervention. I get all that. But I think at, at some sense of level, probably all of us experience some type of anxiety here, you know, in our lives. Um, and then I look at this text and it says, don't worry. And I go, okay, well, I get it. I mean, that's that's the instruction. And that's not the only place. I mean, even Jesus says in the gospel, in Matthew, he says, do not worry, do not be anxious. And so we have to really think about that. And when I started to kind of think about my own situation and the way that I have struggled with this in my life at times, and I looked at this text, it came to me basically that the teaching here, whether I do it well or not, and I don't always do it well, I'm going to confess I don't, I think the teaching is legitimate. And the teaching to me is basically what I categorize as three A's, okay, three A's, and I'm going to give them to you. And I'm just going to briefly give them to you. And, and, and I am going to expound on at least a couple. The first is the action. The first A is action. When we are worried, you know, here he says, do not worry. But I think that's kind of an assumption that we will be at least be tempted to worry. And um, I think that that's, again, part of the human experience. But what the writer here is saying, as well as Jesus recording in the gospel, especially Matthew, he says, don't worry, but instead, here's the, here's the plan, all right? Here's, here's what you should do. You should take the action. You should take the action. And what is the action? Well, no surprise here. We should take our worry, our fears, our concerns, we should take them to God. Duh, right? I mean, if we're people of God, if we're Christians, if we say that we follow the teachings of Christ and we believe in a God who created all things and rules all things and has the power to do all things, then it would not stand to reason that we as real human beings, when we are in need, when we are worrisome, when we are anxious, Duh, we should go to God. So that's the action, go to God. But then it's more than that. It's about the ask. And here I love the fact that the ask is sort of pinned out for us a little bit specifically. What do I mean by that? Well, if you see here in this phraseology, here in this book of Philippians, there is at least three ideas, I think, that are part of the ask that we should have when we take the action of going to God. The three of those things are these. The first, thanksgiving. When we look at this text, and it says for us to go to God and pray, that the action is going to God and praying, the ask has a three-part formation. And one of that parts of that formation is thanksgiving. After all, we know 
immediately if we go to God and we are grateful and we say that we are grateful and we acknowledge our gratefulness and we acknowledge the ways that God has provided for us. <laughs> Not only is that a celebration of God and God's majesty and our love and our dependence on God and our thanksgiving of God, but you know what else it is? It is a natural way biologically for us to begin to feel better. Just strictly in the prayer of thanksgiving, when we go to God with our worry, our anxiety, and we at least express some thanksgiving, some gratitude, as it says in the text, be thankful, then our bodies and our minds will automatically respond. Because we know it is a neurological principle that when we have gratitude in our lives, it does help us feel better. It does help our lives improve. So naturally, if we take the action of going to God and the ask, part of it's going to be gratitude, thanksgiving. Another thing that he says here, and the wording is a little tricky, but if you really look at it and you do some word study, it's the idea of humility. We need to be humble. And I don't know about you, but one of the reasons I get anxious in my life and I worry is because I feel I'm not in control. When something happens and I start struggling and I feel like, oh no, I'm losing control or I can't fix this or I can't make it and guarantee it's okay, then I can see that my worry, my anxiety begins to increase. Let me give you a practical example. This past July, as I'm recording this, this is October of 2023. This past July, my wife and I got hit with a double ramp, double whammy, so to speak. Her doctor and my doctor told us when we went in for our normal stuff that they needed to run more tests on us each. And may I add painful tests, which was no fun, to find out and rule out that we had Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey friend, Keith again, just dropping in really quickly to remind you that I am available for individual coaching. You know, for the last 35 plus years, I have had the joy of working with so many people over so many issues. So if you could use some coaching, check it out. Listen, I've got the time, I've got the experience, I've got the desire, and I've got the heart. All I need is you. The link's in the show notes. I hope you'll check it out today. Now. Back to the episode. Yes, sir. I know. Okay. Her doctor tells her she's got to be checked for cancer. My doctor tells me I've got to be checked for cancer. And we both find this out in the same blasted month. And you can imagine dealing with just one of those scenarios for a couple is worrisome. But when you're worried about both of us, I can tell you that there were some sleepless nights in July. There were some conversations had. There were times when we were very nervous. 
I can tell you that I was the first to find out that I was good news, cancer free. And I'm grateful. But then once I found out I was cancer free, I was more, I, and truthfully, the whole time, I think I was more worried about her than I was me. I don't know that that's true, but it sort of seemed like it. Because even after I was given the good news that I was clear, I was still so anxious about her. I was worried about her. I I, I was scared because the doctor gave us an indication that mm, even the way the doctor spoke to my wife in the initial examination seemed to indicate that there was a concern. And so there were there were days when I was just kind of a, a mess. I mean, it really was. And here's another disclosure. Now that I'm kind of sharing Keith's truth today, well, I don't know if I'm the only one, but I can tell you for me, some of the most difficult times for me to go to God and pray and ask are when I am hurting and scared the most. And I know that seems counterintuitive. Because what most people would say, well, if you're if you're struggling, I mean, if you're a person of faith and you're struggling and you're hurting and you're anxious and you're worried, then, you know, obviously you're going to go to God more. But truthfully, I can only speak for me. Thinking back over my life, I seem to be more prayerful and I seem to be more fellowship with God during the good times than I do the bad. And that is so backwards. It really is. It is so backwards. I admit that. And yet, I'm just being honest. It's true. And I think when we come to our anxiety, our worry, we have to humble ourselves and say, I mean, if we believe, if we believe that there is a God, if we believe that God has our best in, in, in mind, if God is the one who's going to take care of us and we depend on God, I think we have to get to the point where we are humble enough to say, you know what? There are things I can't control. And so a part of that prayer is to admit that. Say, God, I am, I'm dealing with some anxiety here. I'm dealing with some worry. And I and I I realize I can't can't fix this. Not really. I can do what I can, but I can't fix this, whatever it is. And I can't guarantee how it's going to turn out. And that scares me, God. And I know that the only one who can is you. That's humble. And then the third aspect of that is to be submissive. What do I mean by that? Well, that brings me to the third A. So let me go back and just quickly talk about the A's again. The first is the action. We need to take the responsibility, the determination. Again, not as I have always done, but how I should do. And I should go to God in prayer. Secondly is the ask. Ask it the right way. Ask it with gratefulness. Ask it with humility. And ask it with faith. And then the third A is the answer. And here's where it gets really interesting. Because if we ask God for something, then what, as his children, his followers, what do we expect? Well, we expect God answers our prayer exactly the way that we ask it, right? 
I mean, I'm a dad. I mean, I have a son who is married and, and, and has a good life and I'm very proud of him. But, you know, if he comes to me and he asks for me something specifically, I'm going to move heaven and earth, so to speak, to try to do what I can to give my son exactly what he asked me for. Now, he doesn't ask much, but if he did, I would want to do everything I could to give it to him. So you would think that when we ask God for something specific, that this is on my mind, this is this is worrying me, I need you to answer this, God, and I need you to do this, I need you to fix it just like this, that God would say, well, sure, not a problem, I got that. That's not, in my life, I have seen that's not the way that always works. Sometimes it does, but it doesn't always work that way. And in fact, I know that that's not supposed to always work that way. And the reason for it is because of the answer that the writer here in Philippians, again, attributed by the, the church tradition to be Paul. The answer is, if you ask, God will supply you with a peace that is beyond human understanding. Did you notice that in the reading? It didn't say, go to God. And I know there are some, you know, name it, claim it pastors out there. I've seen many in my life that say, you know, you just got to believe, you got to claim it. And when you claim it and you believe it in the name of Jesus, it must be done, you know, and I'm going, no, no, we don't have the power within us to manipulate the hand of God. We ask God, we, we petition to God. We have that right. We have that instruction biblically to do that. But when it comes to the answer, it is entirely up to God. If we believe in a God who is in control, who knows all things and has our best interest at heart and in mind, even though at times we don't get it, then the answer here is remarkable because he is telling us that in the midst of our worry and anxiety and our struggle, that if we truly bring it to God, then through the power of God, and I believe through the power of the Holy Spirit of God, he will begin to give us a peace that goes beyond mere human understanding. Now, I can tell you there have been my, times in my life when I have received that, and I have been thankful for it. There have been times that I have been weak in my flesh, and I have not. I've still worried, even after praying. And that peace didn't come because the peace didn't come because Keith still had control of the situation. Keith was still trying to manipulate the situation. I haven't given the power and the results to God, and therefore I couldn't receive the peace because I was still holding on to it. The issue, the problem, the outcome. I can also tell you that in my life of work and ministry that I have done for all these many years, there have been times when I have seen people going through hardships and struggles of life when I could only shake my head and go, how is this person so at peace? 
And I've, I've often seen that when people have had like cancer and they've been at the end and they've been told that they are dying. And I've gone and I've held those people's hands and they will smile at me and they will, they've often looked at me and said, Keith, it's okay. I'm at peace. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I remember holding their hands so many times and just thinking, that is a faith like I won't. It's a faith that doesn't have to be right. It's a faith that doesn't have to control. It's a faith that doesn't have to, you know, always be in the right. It's just a faith that trusts God. Now, I wish that I had this all perfect in my life. I wish I could tell you that, you know, Keith never worries. You know, he's a man of God, a man of God, you know. And so he trusts God all the time and he never has any anxiety or worry. And that would be cool. It, it just would. There's still worry and anxiety in my life. But I love a lesson like this because it reminds me that it's not always up to me. And I should be able to take some comfort in that. You think. Until next time, heal your hurts, move your mountains, and may God truly bless you.